Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Monday episode. The war continues, not just because it's Monday, but because we're talking about the next war where we left off on Friday with Darren Wold. We'll jump in after some inspiration. Our inspiration today is God's eternal church. Is church over? Asked a young mother arriving at our church with two children in tow, just as the Sunday service was ending. But a greeter told her that a church nearby offered two Sunday services, and the second would start soon. Would she like a ride there? The young mother said yes and seemed grateful to travel the few blocks to the other church. Reflecting later, the greeter came to this conclusion. Is church over? Never. God's church goes on forever. The church isn't a fragile building. It's a faithful family of God who are members of his household, wrote Paul, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Jesus himself established his church for eternity. He declared that despite challenges or troubles facing his church, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Through this empowering lens, we can see our local churches, all of us as part of God's universal church, being built in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Heavenly Father, as part of your church, help us to keep building in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I think about that, the, the universal church. I don't think it's the universalist church necessarily, but I think the universal church under Christ was created when he came to share the truth. And we've been talking about that on the show with Darren Wold. Every time he comes in for uh, more information about the Dead Sea Scrolls or what we've been covering uh, Friday and today in Gad the Seer, we look at these correlations between the word of God, which the Bible tells us to, to follow, to look, to seek wisdom and, and be in the word of God, to seek that wisdom. And the word of God, there's so many things that Darren Wold has brought out to me and to you, the audience, in the episodes that we've done, like the Genesis 6 uh, alien deception. And we, we've looked at different things in the Bible where it's like, holy cow, it says it right in the Bible. How come we didn't get the rest of the story? Well, the rest of the story was in the Dead Sea Scrolls or the rest of the story that we're going to be continuing today is in Gad the Seer. And there was a the next war that was mentioned and, and Gad the Seer talks about it, but it's also in Isaiah. And I know that Darren is chomping at the bit to jump in and tell us all about it because that's where we left off. The next war, Darren, jump in. Well, Tim, what we were talking about with Gad the Seer is that there's a mentioning of this conflict that's going to take place when these two different people groups convince Rosh of the north, Russia, the leader, to come down and attack Israel, which once you get through your, your Bible, you'll get to Ezekiel 38, 39, and you'll realize, oh, that's the the same conflict, the Gog Magog war, where Rosh comes down out of the north and attacks Israel. And it's very interesting because at that attack, there has to be a time when Israel's at peace and Israel is safe and they're 
they're not concerned about Hamas at their, na- at their, you know, at their border or Hezbollah at their border. And I think what's going on right now is we've got Israel working hard to eliminate that menace, that enemy, and get it out of there. And once they do, and if this takes a year or, or 14 months or 16 months, I think there's going to be a time when they're living safely and they're going to feel confident that they've gotten the enemy out of their borders. And then you've got a couple prophecies, and Ezekiel 38, 39 could be the next one that we see that comes in, and it names the, the countries involved. We got, obviously, Russia out of the north, and then uh, Turkey's another one mentioned. Um, you've also got Ethiopia, Libya, and I think even Sudan that are in, those, in that, that uh, name list of nations that come against Israel in this final conflict here. But what's interesting is with Israel at peace, they're not expecting it. And they're, they don't even have a chance to defend themselves. The Lord steps in and defends Israel for them. And the Lord is the one that stops them, which means a couple things. That's where it gets a little uncomfortable for us as the United States of America, as American citizens. We're not involved. We're not mentioned here. And right now we are still standing up for Israel. I mean, even though we have a very messed up leadership, they at least sent two carrier groups over there as protection for the nation of Israel. All right. But there's well, nothing. China, isn't China trying to get involved over there too? There's uh, some I think they're things. more worried about what's the, China Taiwan. right now wants to go after yeah, yeah. Taiwan because but we're th- these we're things busy that are going to, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously we're talking about prophecy, prophecy and only God knows he knows how, you know, we, we kind of know how the end works, but God's still in control of many of those details that we yes. won't know until that time yes. arrives. And we look at, what's going on with, with these conflicts. I, I don't know. A, a nation that will always be persecuted, it was promised in the Bible, was the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation in like the last 50 to 70 years has been probably the most at peace in history that I can see. I, I don't, I'm thinking maybe the peace almost happened already because, I mean, technology and global trade and they had allies and now we've got Russia. I mean, if, if we're in a uh, proxy war with Russia, how do you hurt America without directly going after it while going after our number one ally in the Middle East? If you're in a war, which we always in America talk about the wars that are fought over oil right and uh looking at the middle east saudi arabia all those things kind of make sense and we're seeing saudi arabia walk away from the united states and talk about trading with other countries outside of our currency so i don't know there, there's some interesting things happening but you've got interesting things that are prophesied here as well yeah and you know throw one more thing in the mix we also have that um uh, prophecy out of isaiah isaiah 17 one uh the burden of damascus where damascus is destroyed in a day, in an, in, in an hour, it's all just laid waste. That actually gives you a feeling of some of our modern weaponry uh, that would be used to wipe that place out. So and before we go there, before we go nuclear, let's look at the Israel 17 passage. That's Damascus. Where's Damascus today? So you've got Syria, Damascus, Syria, um, and right now what's happening is there's a lot of weaponry that is coming into Hezbollah from the north and Lebanon through Syria, and it's coming from Iran. So Iran is arming their proxies, um, and that weaponry is coming through Damascus. Well, Syria's been in a civil war already for a long time. Syria's in rubble right now, right? It it is. A lot of it is rubble. It is. In fact, if you go and and just uh, Google images of of Damascus, Syria, you'll find out that 
that it looks horrible right now. But there's still places that are a complete city. Well, but and it, you but can it still wasn't what Isaiah said in no. 17, because that what's been happening to Syria, these proxy wars and leaders put in by different global powers trying to control the region, this destruction's happened over uh, a long period of time. Yes. And the destruction talked about here happens in a day. In a day. And it'll be a It says, um, the burden of Damascus, behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city and it shall be a ruinous heap. So you're talking about a quick destruction that happens very fast. And it sounds a lot like what are some of our modern weaponry, yeah, AKA a nuclear weapon would completely destroy it. Is that going to happen before or after? It's hard to tell. Um, is that something that, that is the precursor? to bringing Gog Magog and the Ezekiel 38 war and bringing that all down on Israel. The other thing too is when the Ezekiel 38, 39 war comes, uh, you have a couple countries that actually are literally asking questions of Russia and their leader, why you're doing this. They ask, are you going after plunder? Are, are you going to plunder Israel? Um, in other words, there's a reason for this. It's not just because they want to destroy them, but they actually want what they have. And one of the things that's really interesting, if you know your, if you know Russia, you know that their whole economy is based on oil. Oil, oh yeah. Big time. And what just happened here, uh, just within the last two years, we had a certain pipeline that was Russia's that got destroyed that fed oil to Europe. Oh, natural gas. Natural Pipeline. gas, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, and, gas. and wait, wait, who destroyed it? Well, you know, that's still up <laughs> for debate. Some people, you know, the, the news basically was saying that Russia destroyed their own pipeline. And kinda, no, you know, they did not. Nobody and uh, obviously it wasn't the Germans because they depend on that to stay warm. None of the and, Europeans would do that. Um, basically, well, you know, nationally there's a, a talking head talking about, what is it? Uh, not Rosh, but uh, the Gog Magog. Mm-hmm. And there's another talking head, I think his name's Tucker, talking about, he's, I think, the only national guy uh, that's looked at internationally that said, we blew up the pipeline in the United States. I think he's on the right track because when the Swedish special forces got to the site and inspected it, uh, they instantly left and were tight-lipped about it and wouldn't say anything. But later on, when probed, it sounds like they knew that it was the United States demolition team, not our military, because we can't send our military up and get away with something like that. It just doesn't work in the command structure. But we can send our salvage team. Oh, we got lots our of Navy. Con- and we got lots of contractors. Navy salvage team to go up because they're deep, deep sea salvage, and they know how to blow things up and repair things that are at great depth and a group like that would be the perfect team to send up because it's actually not an actual frontline combat unit, but it, to blow up a pipeline. Oh yeah, that'd be great. And I almost guarantee that was done because now Russia doesn't have a way to make money off of Europe. And you know what? It really Israel, hurts them for sure. Oh, it hurts them bad. You know what Israel just found here recently, just since right before COVID, they found the Leviathan natural gas and oil fields right off the coast. And right they've already the started building a pipeline to get this to Greece and to the Aegean Sea area, which then access to Europe straight shot to Europe. Oh, that's big competition. So yeah, so so uh, Russia or Russia might have some interest in that. Well, and and they've had interest in the Middle East for a long time because, like you said, it, they are heavily dependent on oil for most of their income. And even though America says, well, we're not buying oil from Russia, no, Russia sells it to India, we buy it from India. Yeah. So you know they're they're. they're <laughs> 
there's always money to be made in war, even though we don't like war, we don't like destruction. Christians love life and yes. want to preserve life. Um, we only want a war if it does that, right? And it's a Christian ideal. But these wars, these are over power and greed. And you look at what's going on in the Middle East. You look at the the oil trade that's going on and who wants to control. I don't think the posture of America is as influential as it once was. I, part of it is the administration we have because we also know that... Or making deals with Iran. 2016 to 2020, nobody would have flinched to do anything they're doing now because of the leadership we had. In fact, if you, rec- if you recall, what was one of the first things in 2016 that happened? 20 cruise missiles that flew over everybody's heads right over there to the Middle East to wipe out some people that were doing bad things because our president at the time said, no, that's not going to happen. And he did. He put a stop to it. And if yeah. that man was in office again, this kind of stuff wouldn't happen again. Yeah, the Trump administration took out some lead terrorist organizations yeah. and, and some leaders there. He, of course, the press was very unhappy with that. But <laughs> uh, So the next war, we don't know if it's the one that's coming up right around the corner. But Gad the Seer. Yes, let's jump into it. Um, we got a few more things here that were really interesting as we got through the end of the book here. Um, one was a whole judgment scene. And imagine you've got the throne of the Lord and you've got this group of people standing out in front who are labeled the redeemed. And as they're approaching the the throne, this accuser comes up and you and I would know who that would be. That, the accuser, That's yeah. Lucifer, that is Satan. And he is yelling at them, those are sinners. Those are not righteous. They have no, they have, they do not belong here. They do not deserve this. And all of a sudden, this massive angel steps forward, powerful angel, and he tells him, this is judgment day. You sit down and shut up. Well, we actually had this conversation off the air last time you were here about the accuser. And it was really interesting, this conversation we had about, you know, this idea, this cartoon version of Christendom where Satan is down in hell and we're talking to God and we're praying. No, wait a minute. You have the accuser. Satan has access to God. The reason why he can't be there on judgment day is because the sentencing is happening and the accuser satan has already taken his turn so we're gonna talk more about this when we get back we're gonna take a quick break back with darren wold in a moment we want to thank god and you the listeners for the opportunity to continue the right spokane perspective radio show and podcast programming listeners it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts commentary and alerts on what's happening in local government politics and issues affecting us all please send your most generous support to right spokane perspective llc p.o box 7620 spokane wa 99207 thanks again and back to the show and welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on Judgment Day. I mean Monday, but we are going to be continuing this conversation with Darren Wold about the book Gad the Seer. Ken Johnson has it available. It's on Amazon uh, for twelve ninety five. You can check that out. I look at the Bible, and there's this re- repetition in the Bible of prophecy throughout different places in revelations and isaiah and then you've got these other books like gad the seer things in the dead sea scrolls that repeat themselves it's like god saying hey i tapped you on the shoulder i kicked you in the shin what else is it going to take i'm reminding you again here's, here's something your else. sign right exactly so i'm going to have darren will come back into the conversation because where did we jump off before the break it was uh 
uh, you know, talking about the wars, talking about the control of oil, talking about Gad the Seer, talking about Judgment Day. Yes, we had a Judgment Day. This was a whole scenario that Gad was in his vision describing with the temple, or not temple, the, the throne of the Lord, and a group of people called the redeemed, referred to as the redeemed. And he even, he even says that these are the ones who will get redeemed. They get redemption now, right now, this day which Gad then describes the day. And that's where it gets interesting. The day happens to be the Jewish New Year or Tishrei 1, also known as Rosh Hashanah or the Day of Trumpets, okay? The Feast of Trumpets, which is unique because that's one of the few that we don't know the day because until we know the phase of the moon change, you don't know which day that actually occurs on. So it's an interesting day. And he says that that is the day they get redemption, that the redeemed get their redemption, which you can read into this. Is he talking about that the rapture is going to occur on the Jewish New Year on Tishrei 1? Well, I'm just saying what the book says. This isn't Darren saying this. This is what you're going to see if you open the book and read the Gad book. Gad the Seer. Gad the Seer. But the problem is, which day is that? Now, folks, you can go back and listen to the show that we did with Darren Wool talking about the calendar and how everybody's confused now. I mean, how would you know biblical times to our times that we've messed with the calendar? It was a 10-month calendar. They changed it because obviously December is 10, not 12. And so we had the Romans in there, people controlling time literally in the future by, by changing how we look at time. So it's hard to know the day, the hour, right? That's in the Bible says no one will know the day or the hour until, until we, we get to that point where we realize that maybe we can be very familiar with the season. We can understand the season we're in and the signs around us that are, that time is short, Time is growing short for that time, and the Lord is going to come back soon. We may not know the exact hour or the exact day, but we might get pretty close into the point where some of these other prophecies that were given, we're not talking about anything that anybody nowadays is saying. All this stuff is coming from at least 200 years before Jesus walked the planet, if not 1,000 years. If in the point of Gad the Seer, we're, we're 1,000 BC. Well, it's so, prophets and prophets before the 12 prophets. Yes, right? yeah. We're, this is ancient stuff. Pro- prophecies and prophets before the 12 prophets. So th- this is leading us up to more prophecy in the book. Yes. Gad the Seer. And so if, you know, if that's the case of us looking at when, when do we have a window of opportunity that we might think the Lord will return. I would say there's a couple things you can you can get out of that. You can either say that your your probable window of occurrence is going to be somewhere between 2025 and 2028, um, and it's pretty strong. And that I get the 2028 from um, in the Bible we talk about, and that generation shall not pass away until. And the generation they're talking about of the olive branches, the generation that was alive when Jerusalem be, or when Israel became a na- came back into the land and became a nation again. So we're talking about May 14, 1948. And I just go back to May what 14, is it? 1948. But if you go to 2028, how old would that individual be? Well, so what you're looking at is go back to the Old Testament and Moses gives us the age of a generation. He says it's 70 years. And if it's blessed, it would be 10 more. So it'd be 80. So if it's 70 years, you understand in 2018, while Trump was president, we had the 70 year celebration of Israel as a nation in their country the way they are right now. Well, obviously he didn't return then, but it 
also says, if it's blessed, add 10 years, which would be 80. So that'd be 2028. Oh, I see. So if I have... Well, we've talked about the timelines, and and I know that this is not coming from just Darren Wold. It's the Wold we live in, right? (laughs) We're talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls, scriptures and Gad the Seer yeah. and, and and those timelines putting together looking at the original not the Gregorian calendar right. we have now, but the original at the calendar original God gave us. And calendar. that calendar being a solar based calendar is a little different. And getting back to it helps us do a couple things. And what I've done is think about this. If you were to get a map out and you put a point here and a point there and drew a line and then a point over here and a point over here and drew a line and then a point there and a point there and drew a line and where all these lines intersect that's kind of what we're kind of looking at Mm -hmm. we're looking at well this says here this says here this says here they're all kind of intersecting around a common area it doesn't mean it's exact and precise but when you're talking about archaeology but it's close. And, and history and timelines x never marks the spot but it might get you close <laughs> right and x never marks the spot but it might get you close it might get you close and this is one of those so times. you're just still digging oh believe me i am big time digging because well, we're not going to know the time the, the bible says and you believe the bible it's always true it's always right so it, well we won't know the day we won't know the time and we should just as christians live as if our time might be up tomorrow so what are we doing today we have to live as if that time's coming and it's soon in god's time whether that's a thousand years and we get to repeat some history over again which we commonly do as imperfect beings uh because of sin Uh, it, it could be 2025 2028 or who knows what i tell people is Prepare that you're going to be here for the next 50, 60 years. Live like today is the last day. In other words, what you're going to do is think about this. If I knew that as of tomorrow, Tim, you're going to die and you will never have a chance to come to Christ because tomorrow tomorrow you die, then I better tell you about Jesus today because today is the only day I have. Make, right? sure you, make sure you ask for forgiveness, get right today. Exactly. And so live each day as it, as it was your last, and especially with those unbelievers in your life, because every, every one of us, God has put people in our lives that we are the only ones who have an effect on them. So that's your spiritual planner. On your financial planner side, you're saying something else. On the financial planner right? or, or the whatever life you want to call it. Life planner. Life planner. You're going to still plan to be here for 50, 60 years. Because here's the other thing that's very, very powerful in the scriptures um when he comes back what is he going to find you doing please be found doing his business be busy about his work not your own thing or things that are of you of that are of Of the world of the world yes please be busy doing the work of the lord when he shows up that's that's the big deal about the urgency of the of the time is, hey, uh, Aunt Joe, Uncle uh, Uncle Tom, you haven't told them yet about Jesus. You haven't got into their face and actually said, "Listen, time's growing short. You've got to decide: are you gonna are you gonna come to Jesus? Are you gonna accept that this is true? That this is this is a sacrifice He made at that cross on Calvary two thousand years ago, so that you have a chance to walk with Him in heaven? Or are you gonna yeah. turn away and walk away from these?" Well, and too often we let. Our brethren, you know, those folks in the world, men and women, maybe nations, maybe political parties, mm-hmm. maybe we, we, we wait until 
they have that Jesus come to Jesus moment. Yeah. Well, where's that come to Jesus moment? It's often when they're already broken. They've done so much destruction around them. You know, the drug addict, you know, using that uh, as an example, they've, they've already overdosed, came back to life three times, right? <laughs> That's when the come to Jesus moment happens. We don't have to live that way. We can actually have prosperity and do some other things. And it's interesting, all of this stuff that we've been talking about, um, the, the come to Jesus moment for the Jews may not happen. Well, right. And, 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 and it's interesting <laughs> that the, uh, the Christian nation supposedly in the United States has been kind of turning away, funding the UN who is always against the Jews, God's chosen people. And there's something in the Bible. There's prophecy about that. And also directions that any that stand against God's chosen people. I don't know. It's scary for me. So Tim, let me let about. me touch it. I'll give you a, a, a little thirty second impromptu. Well, thing we got four on minutes that. left. So. We got four. Okay, well, I can spread it to four minutes. Um, I am getting into a study on that right now. I haven't haven't even opened the page yet because I know where it's going to go and I know how deep I got to go. But there is a lot of proof when the Lord says those who who uh, bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. And nobody should ever try to divide his land. In other words, this whole two-state solution, that's a no-no. That's a big no-no to God. In fact, if you look at the original area God gave Israel, it's much bigger than that tiny little slice of Connecticut that they live in right now, right? This is an area that actually covers from the, the uh, sea of the Mediterranean Ocean all the way over uh, to the <laughs> Tigris-Euphrates. Um, this is an area that's going to take up parts of Iraq, parts of Turkey, parts of Saudi Arabia. I mean, there's multiple nations right now that are living in the land that God gave Israel. Holy cow, got to be careful politically about the occupation thing. Oh, yeah, you're talking about some crazy stuff. <laughs> some biblical occupation. You and know? there's a gentleman that's done a bunch of work that I am actually on his coattails trying to catch up to, but he has shown how every time in the last 70-some uh, years that, w that someone has tried to divide the land of Israel or create a two-state solution, that whatever that country or that head of state was, instantly there was a massive natural disaster in their land. In their land. Wow. Oh, I, so I'll bring that at another time. I, you guys are going to love yeah, this. Yeah, we'll have to check that I've out. I've seen sure. little bits and pieces, and it's freaked my brain like, no, that can't be right. So we can equate it, though, to the priest going into the holies of holies oh, yeah. and having to wear the bells and get pulled out if he wasn't pure exactly. and, and right in, in his attentions and going to the holy of holies. Yeah. Well, and these nations that get cursed, these peoples that get cursed, you look over a time you, and, and biblical stories, mm -hmm. nations that God turned away from. Even Israel, his chosen people, he turned away from because they had to learn a lesson. They made their choice. They, mm -hmm. they made their bed. They're going to lie in it. And they did for generations at times. Sometimes they just had to wait one generation, right? Yep, 70 and, years to come back. Mm -hmm. and, and we're. I think America, I look at It's the human story to me. The stories of the Bible, God's creation, the, the story of man, and our mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at man our mankind here in the United States. I, I believe we have a president right now who was a vice president of the very first U.S. president to say that we are not a Christian nation. Yep, yep. And he was his vice president. And now 
he's in a position where he's standing against God's chosen people because he's not firm in where he stands. He's playing both sides of the game mm. and making deals with Iran, who's making deals with going back to the beginning of the show and, and, and Friday's show with Russia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're looking at some very dark times ahead. And unfortunately, one of the things, if you do get it very deep into biblical prophecy, you're going to find out that um, there's a lot of other nations that show up, uh, but there's one huge vacancy. The United States of America is nowhere in biblical prophecy. Something happens. Don't know what it is. Maybe that's something we'll get into in a future broadcast. Well, I'm starting to look at what's going on. I mean, if you think what we're doing to our youth and the monsters that we're creating, um, physically, mentally in our youth, this destruction of, of culture and gender and all of these things. Maybe we're not mentioned because we're not worth mentioning. I don't know. It's hard to say where all, all this be. goes, but uh, it's a good time to get right with God. Love on that family. Make sure that uh, what, what, what we're believing in is the right thing. And uh, make some prophecies for yourself about what you're going to do today and tomorrow. What are you living for? Are you doing the right thing? Are we taking the children out of the clutches of Satan or are we just staying silent so that we can wear that millstone? I don't know. It's, it's up to us to decide, I guess. All that being said, we'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective LLC and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.